Would you like to merge spirituality with body movement? Are you interested in clearing out your chakras? Do you like the idea of moving your energy through your body and releasing it back to the earth? Is there a part of the 5D that we need to be wary of? In today's episode on Root Awakening Health Podcast, we are talking with Danae Mather. Danae is a yoga teacher at Kula Yoga in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and one of the styles of yoga that Danae teaches is booty yoga. That's B-U-T-I. Danae describes booty yoga as a blend of power vinyasa with dynamic movement added on top, like beat-driven movement and primal movement, and booty also adds in cardio and plyometric strength training and creates this big energetic experience. So in this episode, Danae tells us more about what booty yoga is, why it's such a unique and transformative practice, how we can use booty to clear out our chakras and heal ourselves energetically and connect to ourselves spiritually. And Danae really goes into detail about why the movements made in booty can release suppressed energy and trauma. She also talks about how literally everyone can practice booty. It's for every strength level, every level of flexibility, whether you have no rhythm at all or a lot of rhythm, you can start practicing booty. Danae and I also move into some deep spiritual topics in the second half of this episode. Danae tells us why she has decided to withdraw from accessing the 4D and 5D and why she believes that by being completely open to anything and everything from the 5D can result in consenting to experiences that maybe we consciously don't want to consent to. Danae and I share some of the same views, but we also differ in other views, which I think is a part of the reason why this episode is so, so special. I personally still work within 5D at this point on my spiritual journey, and currently this feels really good to me. However, the 5D is not going to feel good for everyone, and I think Danae is a really good example of someone who has had a different experience and different relationship to the 5D. But I will say that this conversation with Danae has made me more aware about the conversations that I do have in the 5D and to just be more careful and conscious about what I am working on within the 5D. I'm just super excited that Danae was able to have this conversation with me because I want you to know that there isn't only one avenue within the spiritual world. There are so many views and paths and options within the spiritual world, and it's up to you personally, it's up to you to decide what practices and what mindsets feel good to your specific soul. You don't have to follow everything that the spiritual gurus say. You decide what your spirituality looks like. You decide what your spirituality sounds like. You decide what your spirituality feels like. You decide what spirituality means to you. Just find a place where you feel deeply satisfied and fulfilled and happy with what you're doing. So I think it's really important that Danae brings a different viewpoint to the table so we can experience diverse perspectives and figure out what sounds best to us individually. So no matter what you believe and determine that for yourself within this episode, no matter what you believe, this is an absolutely fascinating episode. You are going to have a blast listening to it. So let's get into it. 
This is Root Awakening, a health podcast. My name is Emily Kosick. I am the CEO of Root Awakening, and I am an intuitive health coach. You can follow me on Instagram at emilys.rootawakening. Root is spelled R-O-O-T. Say hello. Ask me any questions. Tell me what you think about this episode. Tell me what you think about the podcast. Tell me about any suggestions you have for the podcast. I'm happy to hear from you always. I serve my clients through intuitive body readings and one-to-one spiritual coaching. My intuitive body readings are one-to-one sessions over Zoom where I use my third eye to read your body and will listen to what the universe or source or God or spirit, whatever you want to call it, wants me to communicate to you about where stagnant energy is in your body and where trauma is living in your body and what you need to know in order to heal and what you need to know in order to manifest what you want into your life. And as far as my one-to-one coaching goes, the best way to describe it is trippy and transformative. I help my one-to-one clients discover and strengthen their own divine and psychic gifts. And within that process, my clients also build more intimacy with themselves and their relationships. You can book 30-minute or 60-minute readings with me. Head to the link in my bio on Instagram at emilys.rootawakening to book a reading. And if you are interested in one-to-one coaching, message me on Instagram or Facebook. My name on Facebook is M-E-M, Kosick, C-I-O-S-E-K. You can message me on there. Ask any questions that you may have. Okay, let's get into this interview with Danae Mather, yoga teacher at Kula Yoga in Grand Rapids. Hey, everybody. Today, we are talking about a healing modality that involves physical movement and dare I say exercise, which is not a common topic on the Root Awakening a Health podcast. I think it's actually the first time that we are going to be having an episode about just physical movement of the body and talking about that, which is super cool. And yeah, I'm really psyched about this episode because the type of healing modality that we are talking about today is one that you may not have heard of before. I didn't even know this existed probably over a month ago. So Danae Mather is here with me today to tell us about this healing modality. Danae is a yoga teacher at Kula Yoga in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And amongst other types of yoga, Danae teaches booty yoga. She is going to tell us a little bit more about what booty is, and she has her own way of beautifully explaining it. But in the meantime, it's maybe important for you to know that booty yoga is a movement methodology that combines yoga, it combines dance, it combines cardio, it combines chakra clearing, it combines core and strength training, And there's kick-ass music blasting in the background. It's an incredible experience. I took one booty class with Danae. That was my first one. And I was like, what is this? It's incredible. Like, what is happening right now? I feel like my energy is, is moving big time. I feel like it's a whole spiritual experience, but I'm also getting exercise. Like, where are we right now? I was just so tripped out. And I talked to Danae after her class, and she had so m- many interesting things to say about her relationship to this movement methodology. So, Danae Mather, it's so absolutely exciting to have you here with us today. Thank you for being on Root Awakening Health Podcast and welcome. Thank you so much, Emily. That was awesome. And you did a really good job describing booty there. (laughs) Yay. I'm so glad because it's like, yeah, we like mentioned it earlier when we were talking. It's such a layered 
complex science, right? It's such, it's such a layered complex experience. So it's hard to put it to words, but basically like every amazing healing experience you can imagine is like energetically combined mm-hmm. um, in this experience. So yeah, I would love to just kick this off here by asking you what led you to be here today? What led you to be a teacher in Bhuti, be a yoga teacher? What brought you to this place in life? Okay, this is a longer story. So we'll just get started. You use the word exercise in the intro. And I have to giggle to myself because before I got involved with booty, I'd never exercised. Not one time. Never. I did a little bit of yoga in college because I had to do a PE course credit. And that was the easiest choice or so I thought. I'd been drawn to to yoga, as many people say, and I loved it. I had a lot of benefits from it physically. So I did that. I I was a little bit involved with a yoga class here at GRCC before I moved to Chicago and experienced yoga at a little bit bigger level. But that was very like the teacher, like what a sweetheart, but she would play like top 40 covers of songs and was very dry. It was in the gym. It was not, I I could just tell in my soul, like, okay, I love this, but there's something missing from this and I need to pursue that. There's something else there. I moved to Chicago and I finished my college degree there at Columbia College in Chicago. And I took another yoga course there for just for fun, just for me, because I was going through a really hard time, a very excruciating breakup. And I enrolled in another college yoga course. And the teacher of that was a lot more spiritually inclined. She was more connected to what I believe to be the spiritual roots of yoga. It came through in the teaching and that was super healing for me. I was like, I cried every class. I could not lay in Shavasana. It was excruciating for my physical body, which now I understand was because of my heart was so broken at the time that I couldn't lay with my heart exposed um, mm. on the ground. So I'd have to lay in fetal pose or I would just weep and, and I couldn't like physically stand what was happening. So I was connected to yoga at that point, but you know, the semester ends, I graduated college. There was turmoil with moving and figuring out everything in it after college. What do you do? I wasn't involved in a studio. I didn't have like a regular practice. In that time I met my now husband, we moved back to Michigan, which is where we are now. And I, through that move, I, I was like, I really need, I'm being called to practice yoga again. I need to find a home studio. I need to, to be connected to this. Here I am in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I don't know anything about yoga studios or the community here. So I was just kind of like messing around with my, just whatever I could do in, in my living room or wherever I was with, with no connection. That went on for a long time, like a couple of years. And then I told you this story about how I discovered, I mean, that's like a backstory in my relationship to yoga. I told you the story about discovering booty in studio, but I want to re- re- go back to that because it's, it feels very synchronistic. <laughs> a long time ago, in, when I was in middle school, my friends and I were very obsessed with this band called Isley. Isley is a wonderful band <laughs> that is a group of sisters, and they're from Texas, And I don't think they even create music anymore, but I was very obsessed as I used to be with lots of different things. I'd pour all of my energy into it. 
So when I created a Facebook account, an Instagram account when I was a lot younger, I followed the band. I followed each one of the sisters individually, like a total creep. Um, (laughs) Because, you know, it's just their families, but I did it anyway. And then I, I deleted my social media for a number of years. And after I graduated college, moved back to Michigan, I reopened my social media accounts and I was following these people, these sisters. And just through that, I listened to their music again, being nostalgic. And I discovered that she's actually a sister-in-law, but like a relative of this family. Like I sound like such a stalker, but (laughs) her name was Carson. And she, I started following her on Instagram and really connected with what she was speaking about. And one of the things she was passionate about was this thing called booty yoga. And I saw what it the way she was speaking about the practice and the impact it had on her. So my intrigue was where my interest was piqued. She had a podcast I would listen to, and she brought on the founder of Booty Yoga, Busy Gold, as a podcast guest. I was so excited. I listened to that episode, and like that's like one of the, tur- I guess, the major turning points of my life was listening to this episode. I had never done booty yoga. I I didn't know anything about it other than seeing Carson's clips on her Instagram stories, mm-hmm. but um, hearing Busy speak about it. She spoke about booty yoga, Naria Collective, which is not a thing anymore, but it was a hugely impactful thing in my life at the time. And something called Break Method, which is a, it's called the Sustainable School for Self-Mastery, which I went through the program and all three of them have radically changed who I am at the very core, (laughs) the very core, have changed the direction of my life, have helped me move past very traumatic situations and leave a really horrible job. And get me to where I am. So I heard this, I heard this, I heard her speak about booty yoga. And I was like, I, I have to, I have, this has to, I have to have it. I have to have it. It's going, this is going to be medicine for me. I need it. So I started searching everywhere around here in Grand Rapids for looking for booty yoga. I was calling studios. I was looking for every single yoga studio, gym, fitness area, every, everywhere. Peeking at their schedules, emails, calls, and it wasn't anywhere. I couldn't find it. I found one studio that had it listed, but they hadn't had classes for months and nobody would return my calls. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, I guess I'm going to go get certified and I don't know, do it myself. That feels insane and not realistic, but I was like resigned to go just figure it out and bring it to the community because I just felt like I needed it so badly. And I didn't, thankfully it didn't get to that point because Uh, I found Kula and I found Kula through my, my best friends. This is like where it gets kind of crazy. Not that like stalking these people on Instagram and finding booty isn't crazy enough, but I was working this job that I eventually left and I had an office mate who's now one of my best friends. And I would go in every day and I'd pull up the booty yoga website and I would just have my tabs open for work working on whatever project and the booty yoga website would be just up and I'd be like constantly refreshing it because it had this song that would play over and over and I was just drowning her in information and passion for it this beautiful and poor friend (laughs) she ran into somebody that she knew from her childhood that used to babysit her and also was a part of like their youth group I think and the conversation was 
I, the friend was a yoga teacher. Oh my gosh, that's so crazy. My friend, my coworker is looking for this specific type of yoga called booty yoga. What do you know? I teach that style at this studio. So she was able to, to let me know where this is. I immediately went and signed up for a class at Kula. It's Kula 1.0 is what we call it. The first location. And I had no idea really physically what I was getting into because I, like I said, I had no stamina or exercise background at all, just full of passion. I walked in the door of Kula and just this wave overcame me because also the building that Kula 1.0 is, was in is where skeletons used to be. I'm not sure if you're familiar. Oh Do you remember Skeletons? Yes. I miss Skeletons so much, but I've never been inside, Danae, because mm-hmm. when it was going down, when Ske- okay, so Skeletons was like this music venue. Was it a music venue coffee shop? It was like, and it was like the clap. My understanding of it was like the classic emo kid screamo music venue that I wanted to get into as like a 14 year old but I was not old enough so I couldn't and I would just like I remember standing on division the street that it was on downtown Grand Rapids looking at it like I want to get in that fucking place but I'm not (laughs) yeah was it was it a coffee was it a coffee shop or just I maybe they had some I think it transformed a little bit so my memory of skeletons is from 2009 2010 when it was You'd enter from upstairs on division. You'd go down the stairs in the venue. The concert area was downstairs. I don't know what they did with the upstairs after. I think it was a coffee shop at one point, but my memory is just from being downstairs. The relationship I'd mentioned that I was no longer a part of the second time I was experiencing yoga that was so excruciating. We started dating my senior year of high school in 2009, and he he was in a band that was really popular statewide and I don't know, countrywide. I don't know. They had a lot. They were going places and they would regularly play at Skeletones. So like the formation of our relationship was a lot of me seeing him play and going to Skeletones. And then like the trauma that this relationship was in like all the healing work and all the like pain that I'd been through opening the door to this thing, like this is like a new path of my life, opening the door and be like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm right back here in this place. And this is like, I don't know. It was just like the cards fell and like this, I don't know. It was crazy. I was like, this is very important for my life. This is like, I see things, I see things. I could see out into the future things that have since happened. And yeah, it was like, I was like, this is profound. This is going to be an experience for sure. And it definitely was. I fell over my first booty class. I love to tell people that like I I fell over right in the middle of the room. Like I tripped. It was great. I just, I think I cried. Like I got back into my car after the class. I I have a picture of myself after my first booty yoga class. And it's just been an amazing journey ever since then. Like the changes that have happened. And I'm really thankful. Booty has been a huge part of my life since then. And it really like, it has so little to do with exercise at all. It's everything else. (laughs) Yeah, it's so it's the most spiritually connected class that I've had. Like I went for well, I went to go check it out because I didn't know 
Well, yeah, I, I have friends that love that go to Kula and that love booty and they kept talking about it. And I was like, yeah, hell yeah, I'll try that. That sounds awesome. But I treated it just like a yoga class exercise class, you know, because I really find that, yeah, I have like when I'm when I'm with a lot of people, I love the vibes. But I, my relationship to that is usually like more practical based because I it's just my response to being in a big group of people and doing movement with them. Yeah. It's more like practical, physical based. But yeah, going in there and, and having that experience, it was the most emotionally deep spiritual experience I've had in a class at a yoga studio or like <laughs> in general at a class before. So yeah, really special. So Danae, can you tell us at this point now what – can you tell us your your description of booty and introduce our listeners to it a little bit further? Sure. Yes. So the description, what I always say at the beginning of a class, if no one's ever taken booty before, is that it's a mix, a blend of power vinyasa, which is all the yoga poses you're familiar with, with dynamic movement added on top. So you get into a lot of familiar poses. You find your, your root in those poses, and then you add on all different kinds of movement that bring in that like beat-driven movement, the primal movement, on top of infused with the yoga poses. There's also cardio-intensive dance bursts, which the word dance sometimes turns people off. It's not dan a dance class at all. It's movement-driven. It's a lot of intuitive movement. And there's cardio, or I said cardio already. Plyometric strength training is what I'm trying to say. So the way that the format of the class moves is it's not a hit format where you do high intensity and then low intensity. It's, but it emulates that. The cardio spikes will give you the results of a hit if you are just looking for the physical aspect of it. But all of the other stuff taps you deeper into the energetic experience. And there's also two movements that are specific to the booty practice that I don't think you're going to see anywhere else. And if you are, it's probably taken from booty. They are the spiral structure technique and the static shake. And the spiral structure technique is a lot easier for people to visually be like, okay, I can get on board with that. The static shake takes people some time sometimes because it looks like you're just shaking your booty and you're not at all. So what, what that is, is you keep your feet rooted into the ground, but you bring in that shaking motion into your lower body. So even though your feet are planted, you're still shaking from side to side. So it, it creates a vibration and that vibration travels into your connective tissue, through your muscles, into your bones, all the way to the cellular level. And it helps you get into your like release trauma, release stored emotion, release. It gets you like you, a good way to think of it is, you know, when, like when a cat or a dog gets excited and they puff up and then they shake off and they return to their homeostasis, it's that. The intention of the status shake is that. And then the spiral structure technique is where you, you activate your core, the, the like deepest, most internal part of your core, and you move your muscles around your spine in a circle. And that shifts your energy from your root all the way up and out. So you can imagine shifting, intentionally moving your energy up through all of your chakra system and then expelling and getting rid of it out of your crown or out of your heart. You can pull the energy out of your heart. It's really like a shift of energy. You can, you can get rid of all that stagnancy. You can pull or push the energy through places where you have blockages and 
those ways too. So that's a little bit more than I would say at the beginning of a class, but yeah. <laughs> that's so helpful though, because it, it brings us into a lot of the topics that I wanted to talk about that I think is, so, I mean, the whole practice of booty is so unique, but what I find to be most, I mean, for me, this was most magical. So I'd like to talk about it is that like, very specifically connecting physical movement with energy movement. And you could feel that, like I could feel that without you really saying that at the beginning of the class, once we got into the class, I could feel like, Oh, we're not just moving the body for exercise. We're moving the body to release energy. You could feel it intuitively with the types of motions that we go through and like similar, like, like what you are describing, what you, what you described just now with this, with the spiral and the static shake. So can you talk to us a little bit about how the, how else like the chakras are kind of worked in to booty? Like I, what I find is really interesting, what I've learned so far in my coaching practice, now that it has shifted to so it's so deeply spiritual, my coaching practice rather than uh, logical is that so many, like we, we all have blocked chakras that we, okay. Most of us have at least one chakra that is blocked and we're trying to fix a lot of a lot of difficulties that we're having on the surface with like food or with like like a lot of the the physical things that we do every day but really a lot can be solved by clearing our energy and just like emotional healing but there is a physical aspect of this, like emotional healing, clearing your chakras, all of that. There's a, there is a physical option for clearing your energy. And you can just start to move these parts of your body. Like you can start to move your hips. Think about the amount of people who don't move their hips around <laughs> in a flowy, intuitive way every day. Yeah. Most people do not do that because we get taught that it's weird or we shouldn't be doing that or why aren't we standing up straight or whatever. So anyway, that whole idea, I think booty serves a really good purpose in allowing people to experiment with just like shaking their hips, moving their bodies intuitively and being more comfortable with that and reaping the rewards of getting their energy cleared, like not just through, I don't know, through Reiki or through like, like, you know, just sitting sitting in one position and, and trying to meditate your energy into a different place, but really physically moving around your energy. Yeah. Oh, there are several points there that I don't want to forget. Um, <laughs> and don't let me forget too. I wanted to share with you where the name booty comes from, because that's a common question. So let's oh, go back cool. there too. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that most would understand and not argue with the fact that our physical body is intertwined with our energetic body. You cannot separate them. So what we do energetically affects us physically and vice versa. I think that, man, I mean, that's just a very simple way to say it. If you have something going on energetically, you can absolutely address it physically. It's always associated with a part of your body. If you want to look at it with your chakras, great. If you want to look at it with the meridians, awesome. If you want to, however you want to look at it, it's real. And if you know what it is, you can, you can heal it by, or at least impact it by moving that part of your body. And the way that that is, shows up a lot in booty is 
through that the release so we yeah there's yoga yes it's physically demanding at times yes you get sweaty but also you smack the ground a lot and there's a huge like you build up all this energy and there's like actual physical ways to release it and that's what happens a lot of times when we have ailments is that we're holding on to energy as it gets stuffed down inside our physical body and our energetic body. And we don't take the time to actually let it go. So being in a group of people that are moving together, being connected to your breath, giving yourself challenge physically and being able to show up for yourself and get through that challenge, even if you don't think so. And you think you can, and then like drumming on the ground in a way that's been absolutely removed from a lot of our culture mm. taking that power back to be able to like actually connect to the earth connect to the earth energy spark your feminine energy it's super healing the one of the i'm going to say the wrong word one of the phrases of booty one of the um really important elements of booty is that it's intended to help you find freedom in movement and that's freedom and in intuitive movement. And it's also freedom in to move in ways that we absolutely need to move that we've been told not to move. So that's another thing that's common that what you talked about with your hips. Some people, and I've definitely had people say this to me t- to my face, they have the assumption that booty is a sexual practice, mm-hmm. that it's sexy yoga. And that's couldn't be farther from the truth, but it's a lower chakra focus practice you tap into your root chakra a lot tons of work to your sacral chakra which is your hips which is your like lower area and one we're not used to that like you said we've been discouraged from that so there's a huge hurdle there and a lot of cognitive dissonance there there's also a lot of shame there Mm -hmm. a lot of guilt third chakra is mostly associated with guilt, but there's a lot of like weird things that can come up for people at the start of a journey with booty yoga and they get repelled by that either looking in or their first like time or two trying the practice. They get very triggered in that, but it's not, it's, it's to access these areas of our body to heal them. And healing is the most important thing that we can do individually and as a collective. And we obviously know the impact of sacral trauma and root trauma individually and collectively. It shows up on the earth. It shows up in the way that um, society views and treats women. And booty is, is medicine for that. Being able to take that power back and tap into those places and remove the energy that needs to be removed and put it back with empowerment. It's very important. (laughs) Yeah, it's completely life-changing. Like it, that that's something that like if you get that stuff figured out or if you're on the process to figuring that stuff out, you can change most of the stuff that's going on in your life that you don't like right now, mm-hmm. right? Totally. Yeah. So do you think you mentioned Danae, that like it's not necessarily the sexual practice that people think it is, but because you're working with the root chakra and even like the sacral chakra, because a lot of guilt and shame works into our relationship to sex these days or always. (laughs) Um, Do you think that it kind of becomes a sexual practice as in like it opens up your sexuality? I would say that some people have probably had that experience. Uh, That hasn't been my personal experience, but I've heard endless stories of the way that people, what booty has done 
So what I, the way that I view it is that the practice comes into your life and it, it heals what you need to be healed. So I don't want to say yes or no to that question. As far as healing sexual shame, yes, absolutely. Finding freedom in your body and maybe in, in your relationship to sexuality, it's, that, it's absolutely a possibility for sure. Cool. For me, cool. I'd say that like more... I was able to like own my creativity. I was able to find a firmer ground, like stand on, I'm going to say this terribly wrong again, but I was able to find my footing, stand up for myself in areas of my life that I wasn't able to before. And so I had less to heal in that area. I had more to heal in other places like my root, my heart, my, um, closing off my sixth chakra in a big way, like different things, balances in other areas. Fuck. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that outlook. I thank you for sharing what your experience was. That's really nice that everyone can kind of have their own experience. And those were the the big themes for you. And it makes so much, it makes so much fucking sense Danae, because I've had a lot of like, for me, a lot of my, my lower chakras are the ones that I've had to spend a lot of time focusing on healing. And I'm still doing that today, a lot of sexual trauma. So probably that's, I mean, it's part of like that, that has become part of my coaching now. So I, my mind goes to that right away. When mm. you mentioned the people, the folks that were saying, yeah, this is, this really seems like a sexual practice. I felt that in the class, but in a way that wasn't like, it gets me like ready to go on a date or anything like that. Not necessarily. <laughs> it just, it feels like I'm healing something deeper that will then stem to my relationship to my sexuality. You know? Totally. Absolutely. And yeah. So if you were to look at a video outside looking in, not knowing anything about it, you're going to see a group of people, men and women, doing pelvic tucks, spiraling their hips, spiraling their chest, and not knowing what that is. I, I understand why people would be like, wait, what's going on in there? Mm -hmm. But if you understand that it's like, we say it's a tuck, not a twerk. That little tuck where you scoot your pelvic bones under, what you're doing right there is you're actually like scooping up energy from your root chakra and strengthening the lower unit of your core, which is like, if you're into yoga, where your mula bandha is, you're tightening all those things, those areas up, which leads to strength which leads to an energetic seal, which is more power, which leads to stitching those areas back together. That's a lot of booty deep. What we do in booty deep is stitching those areas, your lower chakra areas back together after trauma, whether that's physical or non-physical trauma, after birth, after diastasis recti, if you have a separation there after birth or after surgery, healing scar tissue, re-innervating your muscles, cross-body contact to get your, like the sides of your brain communicating to your nerves again. So that's what's happening with the tuck. Well, some people may look at it and be like, oh my God, that looks like MTV or I just aged myself, but <laughs> it looks like <laughs> whatever they saw that is deeply sexual or sexualized. And it's not, it's, it's, it's very pure. And yeah. yeah. Super organic. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, it just, it's kind of speaks to our culture too. Like, I'm just going to say the Western culture, but like looking at things like anything that has to do with the hips and hip movement as like, it's deemed sexual now. <laughs> like that is a yes. sex movement and it's not, it's just, we've been like, so 
suppressing that for so long in our culture. So we only say, oh, you only do those movements when you're having sex. It's not, that's not really, that's not the case. We have so many more <laughs> options with, with the movement of our body and booty really reminds us of that, which is so cool. So I'd like to ask now for the folks, and this is also including me because I still get, I love to dance, but I still get, I'm like learning how to be comfortable about dancing in public. It's still a learned process for me. And I know there's going to be some folks listening that are like, yeah, maybe they're like not so comfortable dancing or having that free movement. Do you have any words for, for us who feel a little bit self-conscious about that? Yeah, a hundred percent. I'm a terrible dancer. <laughs> I would definitely not say that I'm a person with rhythm <laughs> <laughs> or very coordinated at all. I, like I said, I fell down my first year, my first booty class, I have tripped and tumbled while teaching a group of people before. It's not an issue because the purpose is to connect to yourself and find that freedom and movement. It's not about how you look. It's a hundred percent about how you feel. And you practice looking, you like facing the mirrors, which also it is super empowering, can be very difficult for people at first. Mm. But you're practicing facing a mirror and everybody else is facing that same mirror staggered. They're looking at themselves, trying to figure out where to put their right foot and where their left elbow is and wondering how they're going to catch their breath or if they're on beat. So yeah, you're in a room of people moving together, but nobody is paying attention to you at all, first mm -hmm. of all. And it's not about hitting, hitting, it's not choreographed. It's not about that. It's about getting that energy going and moving through your body. So you could look completely different from the person next to you and still have the same experience. And it's not like, I guess I'll speak to my classes. I don't have a dance background. I don't, I'm not bringing in elements of like tap training, contemporary dance background. I, I'm not bringing that. There are some teachers who have that and it comes through in an accessible way and they're teaching and it's beautiful and it's powerful. Or there are some um, of the master trainers, the booty master trainers who come from the background of like African dance and they have incredible classes. That's not coming from my, my specific classes. So there's just so much varied way to move. I would just encourage people to just embrace it and like let yourself go for a minute, see how it affects you and the way that you feel about it. And then like chase that feeling. Mm, yeah, that's really good. That like that whole experience in it itself is also an exercise to see how you respond to those environments. So like <laughs> if you're worried about how you look, do you want to feel that way? Do you want to change that? If yeah. you're feeling like you're doing everything wrong, do you want to have a different experience than that? Like having, having these questions in your head, which definitely came up for me too. Well, I, I felt, I feel very comfortable at Kula and very comfortable in your class tonight. Yeah. Like immediately I did. And I, I wouldn't normally feel just immediately 100% comfortable. I know some people have that. I don't really have, it's, it's still, like I said, it's a learned experience for me, but even so I did think about, yeah, like I feel a little bit shy about doing some of these moves. Okay. So let's explore that. Like, why do I feel a little bit shy and why does it matter? You know, mm -hmm. I'm glad that you, you have that perspective. A lot of people have that. Some people have an, the experience where they'll butt up against that. They're not ready to deal with whatever that is that came up. And then they say, oh, I, booty is not for me. 
I, you know, I'm not good at it. I'm not whatever their whatever's in their head about it. I have witnessed this before. People say like, whatever it is, I, I can't blah, blah, blah. Booty yoga is whatever for me. And I can see that it's like, you had an experience where you, you were confronted with something that you didn't think was going to come up. And now you don't want to deal with that thing when you could deal with it and like move through it, but whatever, I'm not, I'm not passing any judgment on anybody, but I've seen it because we'll also challenge you to like, look, meet your own gaze in the mirror, find your eyes and hold your gaze during these poses, hit the ground, throw the energy forward, grab your heart chakra energy and rip it open. And then look at your own body in the mirror. That's potentially half naked. Yes. That's so empowering for a lot of people. Sometimes it's a work in progress. <laughs> totally. That's fucking so powerful. I love that. Even standing in front of the mirror and looking at yourself in your eyes for like three minutes is can be very difficult mm-hmm. and almost by default will make me cry. Um, <laughs> so like depending on the day, in a good way, of course, but... Yeah, it's always good. It's always good. I love crying. But even okay, so I I bring that up because even that is a powerful experience. So imagine doing that or having a challenge like challenging yourself to do that when you're doing these moves, you know, that's like, like that I I feel like that'll, it'll kind of give you it could kind of give you like an out of body experience in the sense of like, here I am doing this stuff and working through something, something difficult and uh, trying something new, you know, yeah, that's so true. I've definitely had that experience as a student and as a teacher. And at the same mm-hmm. time, there's a huge population of students who come to booty class just for the workout. Mm-hmm. And that's cool too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. I, I like that's it's really nice this this mix because you can come for the workout and then you can realize like if you do choose to realize that holy shit I can have this spiritual experience there you yeah. go like it's it's a it's a nice way to kind of ease naturally ease yourself into that but yeah it's also like like if we're going to look at it from that perspective it also is technically a kick ass workout too like it you get you you cleanse yourself by sweating a little bit you move your body it raises your heart rate i mean there's that, right? There's <laughs> yeah. Sometimes the other stuff will like sneak up on you, just like a lot of different spiritual practices, but yoga in general, like a lot of people come to it for the physical benefits and then like, whoops, now they're, <laughs> whoops, now they get it, you know, yeah. <laughs> whoops, now they've uh, had an epiphany or, you know, whatever they have, but that mm-hmm. has happened too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So can we talk about the music for a second? Because yeah. that that's something that I really find also exciting about this practice is that the music is fucking kick-ass. And I'm not even going to try to describe it because I think mm-hmm. you're going to be really able to today. Mm-hmm. But like, so like I, I all kind of all different types. Okay. How do I describe this? When I was in Danae's class, it seemed like there were different artists on your playlist, Danae, but it kind of all had a similar, really empowering vibe. That's like the, the mm-hmm. empowering and funky vibe. That's like the the most, the, the best words I can use to describe the music. Can you tell us about that? Why this this style of music? You, you mentioned there's like a lot of drum. It's, it's very like drum oriented. Yeah. Tell us about like how the music works into it. Sure. Yeah. So the music is 
essential for booty. And it really speaks and communicates in its own way through on its own. And also like crafting a playlist for booty is, I don't know, it's a way it's like kind of forging a piece of art that means a lot to you. Mm. It has a lot to do with what you feel in the music and it's an expression of the teacher and the way that they move too, because it all comes together. So a lot of the music that's used for booty yoga just across the board is like EDM tribal music, heavy drumming, a lot of remixed music. You'll hear a tribe called Red often, Diplo. I'm just coming up with like a very few. I don't know how to say this band name. It's either Atlians or Atlians. It's like a play on the word Atlanta Atlanta and aliens. I personally go for a lot of trancey the genre space based music but mm-hmm. lots of stuff you'd see at like the I've never been to Burning Man but a lot of like stuff that you'd experience burning at Burning Man it's all beat driven so the like you can find music that's has a steady beat or kind of goes all over the place or has layers of beats that you can move with and has lots of drops because that's where the cardio bursts come in when like as an instructor listening to a song I'm like I need to feel it in my soul and my body needs to move to it the first time I hear it and like I need to be like yes 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 and like I don't know there's a physical experience when I hear a song that I'm ready to put on a playlist and then I'm also figuring out and listening to like are there highs and lows are there are there times where we can have that big burst of drumming or smacking the ground or doing burpees or where we're going to spike our heart rate and then be able to come down. And then, but most of all, it's really just about the energy. I also try, I really am intentional about actually all of us at Kula are super intentional about the lyrics and the energy behind the words that are in the songs as well and the intentionality behind that. So I'm not going to put a song on my playlist that has anything suggestive, degrading towards women. That's not, that's, that's less than fully empowering. It's not going to come into class. Mm, That's so cool. That's so cool. And you can feel that because I didn't know that you had, okay. You never told me that you had this really connective relationship to the mu- the music that you play in your class but I could tell just by listening to the music that oh no this playlist was made like very intentionally very like not carefully but just like you're really curating a work of art here with that and <laughs> the vibes are there that reflect your standards you know that's really cool to hear from the outside looking in because that's what, what we all want to be able to bring forward and present and share with our students, but you don't always know. Yeah. Yeah. And I was curious too, when you were explaining and giving some examples about what, what you do in class. So why, okay. You might've kind of touched on this when we first started talking today, but the, the purpose of booty isn't necessarily exercise. Why is there burpees worked into the practice? <laughs> like, is that just to help get like get the heart rate up so like the energy can circulate or? Yeah, and you're not gonna get burpees at every class. But some, I mean, I love Malasana burpees. So I, 
I, I often go there a lot, but it's less burpees. It's more spiking your heart rate. And that outside of the physical is to, for a lot that like energy release and oxytocin release as well. Yeah. So you're, we call it booty bliss when you finish a class and you're just in this state, it's indescribable. It's, it's the booty bliss state. A lot of that is like the chemical changes that are going on in your body and your brain. And most of that comes through the cardio burst and the like drumming and connecting with the earth. Cool. Okay. Love it. Love it. Yeah. So let's talk about the name. How did that come to be? So this is not my story. It's the story of the word from booty. Booty is B-U-T-I. A lot of people think it's booty like your butt and it sounds exactly the same, but it's a shortened, it's short for bodhisattva and someone who practices booty yoga is known as a bodhisattva. It's an Indian Marathi word that means the cure for something hidden or kept secret. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what booty yoga is. It's the cure for a lot of things in society that have been hidden for us, hidden from us rather, we are our own source of healing and medicine and everything that we need to heal is already within and inside us. And booty is a practice that will help you find that within and bring it out so that you can ultimately heal. That's okay. so cool. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, what do you say? What did you just say? I missed the last thing that you said. Oh, I just said yes, because I'm excited about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love, I mean, realizing that working with the emotions that we've stuffed down can change our lives so drastically rather than, like we said, like I said earlier, doing stuff on the surface of your health. Like when we're talking about getting into the base of body imbalance, we're talking about, I mean, in my opinion, we're talking about suppressed stuff, <laughs> suppressed stuff that either has been passed down or whatever. And that's so cool that the name completely reflects and connects to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious, Danae, I, I want to talk to you more about your personal relationship to spirituality and your outlook on the world, because I, I think it's really unique, at least unique at this point, even in the spiritual world. And I think it'll, it'll be really lovely for everyone to hear about how you see things and what your experience has been with spirituality. But before then, I'm wondering if, if you'd like to, if there are any other misconceptions or anything else you want anyone to know about booty, like, I don't know, like, you wait, first of all, Kula offers, does Kula offer booty classes online for those who don't have booty in their area? We do. Yeah. So at the studio, we have all the different formats represented, which is something we didn't talk about. There's booty yoga. There's also booty deep. There's hot core sculpt and booty bands. And those are all fantastic classes. They're all on our schedule at one point or another in person. We also have a virtual, thank you for bringing this up, Emily. We have a virtual <laughs> studio too that's via Patreon or you can find it on our website, coolagr.com. And through Booty Yoga as a company has been so wonderful through this pandemic. They've been able to change the instructor agreements to let us like film classes. We have all of the classes, all the formats represented on there. So wherever you are, you can practice with us online. Yay. That's incredible and super important 
for everyone to know because it's still it's still catching on. I didn't know that it was in existence, but I think it's yeah, it's gonna keep. Yeah, growing. eleven years. Booty is as a practice has been around since two thousand and nine, really two thousand and ten. So it's a newer practice. Not a lot of people know about it, and I wish everybody did. Yeah, for sure. But it's encouraging that it's a newer practice because then it's like, okay, yeah, not everyone's heard about it yet because it's newer, but it's, yeah, it's going to catch on. Is there anything else that you want the folks listening to know about booty before we start talking about your spiritual, spiritual relationship to the world? Yeah. I just want everyone to know that they're welcome to come into a class. It doesn't matter what your past is, your history is, what you think you're capable of. You're absolutely capable of showing up and taking the practice at your own level and getting what you need out of it. So if anything is making you feel intimidated about trying the practice out, I encourage you to do it anyway and show up. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. Okay, so yeah, Danae, you have had an really, I don't even know that much about it yet, but I already know it's fascinating, your journey with spirituality. And you mentioned to me before we started recording that you have kind of, you, you mentioned that you, you have withdrawn a bit from the 4D and 5D. You might have said like, you've completely withdrawn. <laughs> I don't know which one, but can you, can you tell us a little bit about that? Like your, your experience with spirituality, how you got into working with the 4D and 5D and why you decided to kind of take a step back from that? Yeah, totally. Thanks for opening the floor for that too. So my journey into spirituality starts from as early as I can remember. I've had experiences from gosh my just like four years old that I can remember some of my earliest memories that now with the understanding that I have now I know were like encounters or visitations or like being messed with with by beings from a different realm or traveling in my sleep in the astral realm and all different kinds of things I've been able to communicate cognitively or intuitively with people understand what they're thinking or a lot of things that are are given the term empathic now or even like even more than that like I've always been able to like be around somebody and I know what 100% like what their state is their emotional state like a lot of things that are pretty common now people are like understanding about themselves that we all have the ability to do I was doing it young but also didn't know about it. First of all, I didn't know anything about it. And I was in a, I have like such a fantastic family, but also conservative Christian family with a very deep history on both sides. My dad's side of the family traces back to early Boston area to the Salem witch trials where like Cotton Mather, Increased Mather, some of these these names may or may not seem sound familiar, but they were judges during the Salem witch trials and authors and persecuted women for these things that I feel as though I'm here to heal. And my mom's side as several generations of Pentecostal preachers, like church builders from the deep south of Arkansas, speaking in tongues, what they call spiritual gifts that now I know is like telepathy and traveling in your sleep and things that um, have shown up in me and the women in my family, whether they understand it or know it or not, 
I, all of this stuff is like the backstory, but also there's so much repression against, you know, oops on women, even though they didn't mean to, or think that they were doing it is even my grandpa who's alive right now is a Pentecostal preacher. It's like, he as much as, as loving as he is, he still thinks that women should wear skirts and should never cut their hair and that you should never have a glass of wine. And they left my wedding early because we were turning on music and like things like that. And then like my dad's side of the family who's very hush hush about things and doesn't really like, that has like a, it's a very passive understanding that you should or shouldn't be a certain way spiritually or religiously. And there's really no, it's very religious. It's not very spiritual. So I was having these experiences, didn't know I was having these experiences. Then I got to a point where I moved out, was living in Chicago, was kind of finding my own footing. Like, what do I feel about these things? And I had this moment where I was like, oh my God, I don't, I don't have to agree with this path. I don't have to agree with these people. And it was just such a revelation just that like, oh my, I, I can decide for myself and make up my own mind. And then I started asking questions or, or allowing myself to pursue trains of thought that I hadn't before. And a lot of that also was experimenting with different things physically. And I think that that's super common too for a lot of people in this generation, the one before me, the one after me, to hit that point of like freedom. Like we are not going to for the most part, hopefully, aren't going to be physically harmed for expressing a different viewpoint. So we have the ability to explore these things. And I think the huge wave has been like, awesome, I'm going to go explore these things. And now I'm having experiences that are very visceral and real. It's all real. And I was right the whole time. And I had a lot of that. And a large part of that was deciding I decided when I was at the end of high school that like I'd been so my family was um, Christian reformed, my like nuclear family. Very, I was very involved in the church, but like asking questions all the time that were not getting answered. And I finally had a point where like this, I was seeing this, I was seeing like repetitive topics being talked about and a lot of topics not being talked about that I feel like really needed to be talked about and a lot of hypocrisy, which is also a very common theme, but the way that people were treating each other, I finally was like, you know what? I experienced God so much more outside of the church than I ever have within any sort of religious gathering. I'm, I'm done. I'm done with this and I'm going to go seek this out on my own. I'm not sure if the timeline of all that matches, but that's okay. It's all within the same topic. I left. I was just like, you know what? This is not right. And eventually that was also leaving my thoughts of like the Christian God as well. Let me catch my train of thought there. Oh yeah. So a huge part of this, like exploring, figuring out what I really think. A lot of that freedom did come from me experiencing and coming into practice with booty yoga. So, so, so important for the way that my spirituality evolved. And, and also the break method, which I spoke about right at the beginning. If that's something that folks are interested in, I'd encourage you to find, find break. It was very helpful for me to weed out the beliefs that were given to me versus beliefs that I, I believe. And that's a practice that I still 
use? Where did this come from? Where did this belief come from? Either about myself, about the universe, about spirituality, about religion, about shame, about my body, about all everything. Being able to objectively look at things and then re-decide what I what I really do, like get rid of all the programming and get to a clear space has been really helpful as well. So I went, I some would say to the other end of the spectrum and investigated lots of different new age spirituality things. I followed a lot of people and I'd like follow and listen and follow and listen and like, yes, this, no, this, yes, this. Uh, I actually don't really agree with what you're saying or I can see through a lot of what you're speaking to, to like, I don't know. It was kind of hard to describe it. Like I can look at someone's presence online and see like what they're hiding or some kind of, energy that's behind what they're saying so I follow and unfollow a lot of people a lot of times Mm -hmm. and but for my my own personal experiences I I was like okay I I got really intrigued with astral travel and lucid dreaming and uh, seeing auras and moving and working with energy my own energy or other people's energy lots of different things that are like ethereal upper chakra site related and I was like practicing trying to teach myself how to see these different things it evolved into me doing my Reiki training I'm I am Reiki one two and three trained and I spent a lot of time working with Reiki energy which I've shared I I no longer work with Reiki but that was like a, a huge step for me and then from Reiki I I started working with and communicating with beings that were not, I, I don't know if you want to say dis. Yeah, I guess there's a couple different things. Disembodied beings that are not human. Beings that would come through as animals and humans that needed help crossing over that were like stuck between realms. And that's something my Reiki teacher sh- told me that was going to come up eventually that once you're, when you're working with energy that like if you're outside of the 3D all you see is like, there's a light over there. There's a light over there and beings will be attracted to the light of all all different kinds of beings will be attracted to the light, whether they are coming to the light for healing and um, release, or they're coming to siphon that energy (laughs) or showing up and need to be expelled from the area. So I had a lot of different, different experiences that like things that would show up during Reiki sessions and, or like I do a home clearing and would speak messages through ancestors or different things like that. I've had all kinds of stuff thrown off the walls and break being be thrust out of cabinets onto the floor. Mm. A lot something that I have experienced for my whole life. That's been pretty um, dramatic is what happens to me in my dream state which I have come to learn is the astral realm, which I used to be so enthralled with and drawn to. And I understand why it's super exciting to think that like you can leave your body and have complete and total freedom. And I guess elevate out of the physical world and do whatever you want to. But I would and have often, it's never been a good experience for me. I've been ripped out of my body into outer space physically. Like I've felt it. I've heard it. It's this really uncomfortable experience. I've been ripped out of my body in multiple occasions. 
I'll, I'll often have, if I'm not like protected, if I haven't sealed up my energy, I'll have beings hover over me in my sleep and like intrude on my energy and implant the most horrific imagery into my sleeping state that just haunts me. I mean, from like age four and five, I have a number of dreams that I'll never ever forget because of how violent they are. And, and I know that they're beings that are like around me that are not pleasant. So I've had like this enthrallment with a lot of different things. And at the same time, negative experiences, which I'm not trying to say, like I've had bad experiences, so I don't, I've written it off. That's not what I, where I'm going with this, but that is a part of my story because I've also tried to communicate these things to, I remember being young and trying to communicate these things to my parents. Like I had this dream and blah, 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 blah. And like my sister was taken apart in front of my eyes and like her different body parts were stored in jars and like these horrible I don't even want to get into some of the stuff that I've seen in my sleep, but they didn't believe me or like, guess what I can do when I sleep? I can fly all over the place and travel and like, I feel it in my body or I'll have, I've had a lot of, a number of experiences where I'll hear something, experience something in the 3D that somebody else does not experience. You're not in your head. You've experienced the same thing. (laughs) Have you? Very light. I'm guessing, Danae, very light versions compared to what you've experienced. But smelling, I I can smell stuff. I have clairsentient gifts. I don't have that. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I mean, they come in and out and it it can show me what's going to happen in the near future or often it means like not like danger but like something is going to be difficult like if I smell like woodsy animal poop (laughs) and nobody else does I know that means I'm going to deal with something emotionally heavy whether it be like my stuff or someone else's stuff that's Um, incredible (laughs) and seeing seeing stuff like like orbs of light or or hearing hearing like not alarms, but like ringing, different types of ringing, that kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. it's like a, it's a lighter, it's not a, like a crazy trippy experience. Sometimes I can see energy, like I can see my chakra energy if I'm in the right context. But what, what kind of experiences have you had? Oh man. So Lord help me if my family ends up hearing this podcast, they're going (laughs) to, I mean, this, what I'm going to tell you is like, it's been a running joke in our family. I've let it be a continued running joke in our family because my, my parents get such a kick out of it. And that's fine. Like, I understand what my experience was. They don't, I don't need them to understand, even though I do, I get it now. But there's like one time when I think I was like in elementary school, fourth grade, I'd say. And we lived um, where we lived. My I shared a bedroom downstairs with my sister, Paige. And I would never go in. Like you go down the stairs and you have to go around the curve of the wall. And our bedroom was in the back. And at the bottom of the stairs was a door to like the celery, celery area of the house where all the extra boxes are stored and where all the equipment is and stuff. That room was grueling for me to walk by it's just the briefest little step there were things inside that room that would haunt me in my sleep and I just never wanted to be in there I couldn't handle being in there for more than a few seconds at a time and didn't want to go in by myself 
there was one time where I was going down to bed and I had a pile of clothes in my hand that I was going to take and put away. And I was walking on the stairs and the moment I put my foot, like, I think the moment my big toe landed in front of that door, this like scream, this guttural growl came from the room. The loudest sound I've ever heard. And I screamed bloody murder. I threw the clothes. I sprinted into the room, slammed the door, and I locked it. My sister was there, and I was just like, get on the bed. Hide. Something's happening in my mind. I, I was like, there's a bear. There's a bear in that room. Something's here. Something's going to kill us. I, I was just trying to, like, protect my sister, and, like, that's the only place I could go was that room. And so I was just in there screaming and crying, screaming and crying, convinced we were going to die. And my mom came down was so she was annoyed because she was all she could hear was screaming out of nowhere and started banging on the door trying like why is the door locked let me in she didn't hear it my sister didn't hear it nobody heard it I was pale as a ghost and to this day they they don't think anything happened my mom thinks that it like she has justified it in her mind that it was like a jake break from a semi-truck Mm. or some kind of traffic-y sound, but it was for sure not. And I would also have, in that same place that we lived, I often would have dreams where, again, I'd had like just warlike dreams, dreams that I was being chased after constantly by different groups of people. So that happened. I also had my husband, ooh, ooh, <laughs> I do not love talking about this one, but I'm going to. Mm -hmm. um, my husband and I lived in, we were renting a house at one point and there was a, there was an energy in the basement of that home too, that I had the same kind of feeling. Like I didn't really ever want to be down there. I didn't like going down there by myself. I could feel it. It would come up and um, visit me in, at night. We, we watched like idiots. We watched this documentary about people's experiences with sleep paralysis. <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> and part of the documentary was like alluding to the fact that if like if sleep paralysis is like a demonic sharing thing that once you know about it, it will be passed to you. And I, we had to move. I had like eventually like we had to, I was like, we didn't move because of that, but we moved shortly thereafter. And I was like, good, we need to go. I cannot get this away because I would regularly like wake up and I couldn't, I wasn't sleep. I wasn't paralyzed, but I was terrorized because I knew it was standing behind me, hovering over me. I can see the shape in my mind and it prevented me from sleeping for so long. It was so bad. Mm. I've gotten to the point now where I can like, I can feel these energies and get them to leave. Thankfully, <laughs> mm -hmm. thankfully, but I've had lots of different experiences like that, that are super uncomfortable. Also good experiences. Like I've met a lot of, that's another thing I'm super, super hesitant about that I used to be all about was what people would call guides. And I'm hesitant about them because I want to know where they're from because yes, Yes, you can pull in a guide. I can sit here and like, okay, my energy is open and I'm open to whatever, which is super dangerous. And what I've done quite a few times, and if you are, yeah, 100%, if you sit there, no matter who you are, you open your energy and you say, I'm open to, I'm consenting to receiving messages, guides, 
images, whatever you're opening, you're going to get it for sure. And I've had lovely experiences with guys that are, I don't know right now if they were true light or false light. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of them were false light guides, which it means that they were presenting as something and they're there. If you were to be able to take off like the shield and the mask or the way that they're presenting themselves in the false light, they're actually from a different source of energy. They're actually from a different timeline. They're from a different um, intention, I guess I should say, to try to shift your energy in a different way. And that's, that's largely where I come from with the like, wow, this is all real. It is real. Now I'm open to everything without a full understanding of everything that's out there. Mm. That you're opening yourself to, to, first of all, to be harmed and to cause harm unintentionally but you're also opening up yourself to be duped and fooled and manipulated and used for timelines that if you understood what they what they're really after that you would 100% not be down with like humans merging with AI and like people would their jaws would drop but human sacrifice the the blood in the body and literally flesh human sacrifice a lot of these things that people think that they're contributing to in a good way they're healing the earth they're healing whatever they're ascending to wherever whatever they're actually they're actually contributing to something really really dark and that's where yeah that's why I've withdrawn a lot of my energy from things that I I once was like 100% down with and I see I've been able to experience those things and then also like I've done a lot of things this year and I've pursued some quantum healing from one person in particular that I'm happy to share that works with the Christ consciousness and now we're coming back full circle to not Christianity that needs to be stated very clearly but the embodiment of Christ consciousness and I'm not talking about Christ as a person or masculinity at all I'm talking about Christ is the female and the male, and that the female has been erased and covered up and deleted from history. And there's just so much there that I'm like now exploring and I'm, I'm finding so much truth within that that's helped me to return back to that like empowered place where I do have control over what I do and do not experience. You look like a oh, cloud. What? <laughs> you look like a cloud. Oh yeah. <laughs> I kind of feel like one. Also my nail. Oh, you, I don't know if you're going to be able to see. They're see, like yeah. cloud themed. Oh, they're beautiful. Thank you. Um, yeah. I love that. It's been, that's kind of been a word I keep saying to myself this week. So it's funny you say that. Cloud? Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Yep. Super <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Super aligned. This episode fucking kicks ass. I love it. Awesome. Like <laughs> fucking amazing. Our listeners are going to love it so much. That's so much. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. I wanna, I'm glad we stopped here too because I wanted to I wanted to back up and clarify a little bit because I was gonna go in at a middle point somewhere that is not where I wanted to start. First, I wanted to ask you to see if we're on the same page about this. How do you feel about like aliens and the existence of aliens and, and their agenda? Oh my god, I am like <laughs> I am a fucking speaking about being open, I am a fucking open book with that because um I have heard a lot of information 
in the past couple months where I would like, okay, if you asked me this a year ago, I'd be like, for sure. Like I would, I would take that question as like, there are for sure aliens out there. And of course there are, and they probably want to communicate with us or who knows what their agenda is. And I still, yes, I still feel that way, but then I, there are a lot of other layers of like Chris that came on. He's talking about an alien agenda. That Not has to- an alien agenda. What is it? The negative alien agenda. Yes. And also like faux alien, like the government revealing information about aliens that's meant to like sway us in a certain direction. That kind For of sure. thing. For sure. Um, do you want to, do you want to talk a little, a little bit about what your yeah. understanding is? Yeah. So that's like, yeah. So I'm going to back up and go back a point just to make sure I'm super clarified and talk about aliens because that's <laughs> that's the first part of this 5d conversation so yeah the government is 100 percent prepping us and they have been for a while for the release of information that they have in the past said isn't true and that's not a huge shock i mean that's pretty common that the nothing that comes out is ever an accident it's all intentional it's all to create whatever narrative is what they what, what narrative is in power, what timeline is in power at the time. But so yes, they are prepping us for the release of that with little tiny drops. It's been happening for a long time with UFO encounters that are like, oh, it's not that crazy to think like, oh, it might be, oh, the Pentagon saw this thing and like, whatever. Just watch that because it's going to be interesting. They're going to keep trickling it out mm-hmm. until it's common knowledge. And they do that so that they can reveal these things without shocking the public and creating chaos it's right. a little bit at a time why they're doing that i'm not quite sure maybe chris would know more what i think is inevitable i mean i think that there's a divine law that in order to do anything you have to have consent even terrible things and what sucks is that information is presented in a way that garners consent from folks and they don't know that they're what they're consenting to, which is another reason why I've been so guarded and have pulled my energy back from a lot of different things that I was consenting to. And now I understand, I know what I was consenting to and I no longer consent to, which is like the moon and, and the astral realm, a lot of things in, in those regards. But so if you zoom out and back up a long, 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 long time ago, the earth and the earthly realm, and I'm talking about specifically 3D, in our experience, was created as an experiment planet and lots of different things like were trialed and and wiped off, trialed and wiped off. And some of that was different dimensions as well, like some of the ancient societies that we hear about that we search for on the 3D that don't exist on the 3D, but have had energetic impacts on the 3D, but they're not 3D places. Mm. There's been a constant battle for control over earth as a planet, as a consciousness and as a food source. And the consciousness that exists on earth is viewed by the negative alien agenda and the beings that are involved in that as, as a food source. And if you can think about it, we, we require physical food and water here on the 3D to survive. 
Beings that are not in 3D do not require physical matter food to survive. Their food is either light, if they're associated with the true light, the light of the true, true creation, the mother, father, God, or they don't have access to that and they have to generate their own food source, which is energy that's siphoned. Siphoned from where? Mostly humans. And that sounds vampiric because it is, <laughs> mm. but it's also, it's not like somebody standing behind you drinking blood out of your neck. It's, it's done in a different way. It's the generation of fear, shame, guilt, and a lot of the um, emotions that are, are created within our physical body, our energetic body, and then are either released out or intentionally siphoned to one specific thing and there are just countless different things that are intended to siphon our energy but so if you understand the very basis of that which a lot of people won't what i just said will get me locked up in some different places <laughs> societies in past lives for sure has happened but if you see that and you understand that, then all of a sudden you can look at everything you see from that lens and see the agenda behind it. Now, NAA, negative alien agenda, umbrella. What's underneath that? A lot of different veins, a lot of things that are ultimately working for that for the siphoning of energy, the control of the power on earth, the control of human consciousness as, as a power and as a food source, the conquering of human biology and organic biology at large, really control of consciousness. But underneath that, there's also like, these are going to sound like Christian terms. They're not. They've been infused into Christianity a long, long time ago and very on purpose, but Luciferianism and Satanism, two different realms or two different, two different legs, I would say, that are both horrifying and also at war with each other. Luciferianism at the most boiled down point is the intention to overtake organic human biology and conquer consciousness in the form of power. And you can think of the patriarchy, the erasure of women, the merging of humans with machine, AI, the advances in technology, which some of them are wonderful, but some of them are absolutely terrifying if you understand what the ultimate goal is, which is to take over. And then eventually once AI can withstand on its own and the biology is no longer needed, erase and get rid of and take over versus Satanism, which instead of overtaking and deleting would be death and destruction at whatever cost, the most suffering that we can create humanly, I mean, literally humanly, but as much as we can, as much pain as possible and death via death. And also what those are is the inversion of the masculine and the inversion of the feminine. Luciferianism is, is the, the, the inverted masculine. And then Satanism is the inverted feminine. Femininity is creation. Satanism is destruction and death, the opposite of it, taking away the life. As far as that relates back to the astral realm and the 5D, my understanding is this. 
the 3D is where we are right now. Mission-wise or, or stuck. Stuck-wise. Either way, we're here. We want to not be here in the 3D realm. I think that's pretty common, a uh, common understanding. It sucks here. So a lot of people see this information that's out about like this exciting ability to, to, to travel, to leave your body, to interact with whatever is out there. It's in the 4D. I can astral travel there. It's super exciting. And there's a lot of talk of ascension to the 5D too. The 5D Tara, the new earth, the new, whatever you call it. There's a lot of different terms for it. But Ben explained to me that the astral realm is this web outside and around the 3D where all of those entombments, entrapments, beings exist to capture your energy. If you're going to lift up through it, there's this web that's going to try to capture and contain your energy there. And then that web extends to the 5D. And what it does is you, you, you want to ascend, but it's going to cycle you back through so you can't really escape. So the idea of ascending out and climbing up and going through these dimensions is kind of, it seems to me to be a trap where you ascend and then you're cycled back through and you ascend and you cycle back through. You, you put your energy trying to ascend there to something that's put as an ideology there to keep you from, from finding the real, like the real way to get out of the 3D matrix, which I have understood so far as to being completely like removing your energy from that completely, from any of the ascension path in that at all. And creating something which is called the inner union going within and in taking back your energy that way and not contributing to, to the 5d, to the false light, to not understanding to, to whoever it is, whoever it is, false light, false guide, real, well, real guides aren't going to be there anyway, from my experience. That's how I feel about that. If I ever hear anything that's like, we're going to the 5D. I, I see in my mind, I get this picture of like these beautiful, pure humans walking on this like forest path, like on the way to truth. And like there are these like diversion paths that are on their way that are intended to like, you're on your way. There are seeds of truth this way, but like, look over here. It's really pretty over here. And this is like super exciting and entertaining. And they get diverted that way and then their energy gets stuck there that's how I feel about that <laughs> oh my god my. <laughs> I love it Danae oh that's so fucking deep and far out I love it and I think it's such a good it's such a good reminder or a, it speaks really well to the idea that like we just really need to stay aware of what's going on and we need to stay yeah. empowered in a way that feels good to us at our core and that there there are agendas out there whatever you resonate with whatever you don't resonate with just understand that there are agendas out there and you decide like for our listeners you decide what agendas you want to look towards have an intention towards be aware of 
because they're out there and they could they can they can envelop most any topic that we're dealt with. So how do we escape that? Which is that's a question I'm going to ask you. But my reaction right now to that question, my personal reaction right now to that question is to really be in tune with what feels good for you because that's mm-hmm. like this is our being. So we get to explore that fully and and understand what what feels right for us. I have a lot of questions, but I'm going to try to like kind of group them together because I think they'll they will also be answered naturally. But where do I want to start? I wanted to tell you that I I really well I vibe with everything that you're saying, but I I really connect with what you're saying about the dark sides of the spirit world. I haven't I I know people, my clients have had similar experiences to you, Danae. I haven't had the dark dark stuff in plain sight, but I know that I'm still kind of afraid of the dark because I, especially at my parents' house, there's a lot of presence there that I don't love when it gets dark. And I've become, I've understood that it might be similar to what you're talking about, but I'm navigating how to, like you say, you can get these beings that stand over you that create these uncomfortable experiences for you. You can, you can, you, you found the empowerment to get them to leave. And I'm kind of approaching that place right now, trying different different ways of, of becoming free of that. That was just kind of a side note there. And I think we, we could dig into these, these topics each individually and, you know, be here for hours. And maybe if, if we're lucky enough, you, you might come back on and talk about all of these, uh, more of these individual topics. But I think, you know, this overarching ideology that you're talking about is really where we need to start, at least in this episode. So I want to ask you now, like, so you have found a lot of freedom from withdrawing from the 4D and 5D. And so would you say like, what, what is your answer or what is not answer, but what is your, what is your interpretation on how to continue to navigate through all of this, all of these agendas, all of these limitations that we have in the 3D, like what, how, how have you been going about navigating that? So turning within, but yeah, can you, can you go into more detail on that? Sure. So I came to a place where I was, I got very clear on a couple of things. False light is very real. And I understood what false light was. Understanding what false light was gave me a lens to evaluate other things. So I had to sit with myself and say, okay, if it's false light, it's, it's not real and it's no longer for me. And that's going to have to be firm and a boundary for me. And that sucked because for, for my understanding, that was Reiki. That was the biggest thing for me that was like, okay, this is no longer, this is no longer something I can bring forth and, and put my energy into understanding that it's Luciferian for false light that it comes from the astral realm, that it is inviting and guides that I do not vet. And like, dang it, that really sucked because because I really, I, I, that was like a big career path for me. It was a huge part of my identity in my life, but forming that boundary, understanding for sure what I believe, and then applying that to every different aspect and sitting with that information gave me the ability to weed things out and clear my vision. 
And now I'm able to check in with things and like, okay, how does that feel? And when I say check in, I I like, I'll come across something like I'll feel something near me. And what I do is ask that energy, that being, whatever it is that's near me, wants something, wants to communicate, whatever. Are you in alignment with the law of one? Are you sent here from the Christ Sophia consciousness? Are you like that, that I am, that I, I put my trust into? Are you aligned with that? They cannot lie when you ask them that directly. It's another universal law. So if you get a clear yes, I'll still check in with what my gut says and and go from there. If I get a wavered anything or fuzziness or anything, it's a hard no. And I don't work with that energy and I I command them to leave. So from I guess the short answer to that is like getting super, super clear in what I believe, understanding how I'm going to interact with things as they come up and then just drawing a hard line with what is, is this a yes or is it a no? And if it's a yes, it's a hundred percent yes. If it's no, or if I'm not clear on it, it has to be a hundred percent no. It's yeah, it's not been super comfortable or easy. (laughs) And it's difficult because I mean, it's really emotionally hard because a lot of what I see is false. And what I see people that I very much care about interacting with and viewing as truth and investing a lot of energy into is false. And I, I, I also feel like I, you're into human design. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm a projector, mm-hmm. which means that, I mean, if you're not into human design, that means that in order to share information such as this, I have to be energetically invited. If I'm not invited, it's not going to land. Right. It's, and it's going to, potentially do more harm than good. So it's been really hard to bite my tongue and to, to witness the hijacking of people's consciousnesses and their energy. And like, God, I feel like I see things in a way that is more of a minority these days too. And it's been hard to be completely honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can imagine frustrating for for you to experience and for those who are into, like who also are starting to or just into the the spiritual world to hear like, oh my God, I thought I, you know, found solace in this and now I'm scared again. You know, I was scared when I didn't think that there were any higher powers and I was atheist and now I'm scared again. <laughs> you yeah, know, that's not what I, that's not what we want too, because the, I mean, if you're in a fear state, you're being siphoned off of. Yeah. And that's not like, and that's can induce enough fear in people anyway. But if you understand, if you know, like if you can, even if you don't know what you believe, if you can get to a joy, if you can, if you can exist within happiness, exit the thinking about spirituality if it's making you fearful. Leave it. Go do something else where you're gonna be within joy because you're gonna whatever. If you're concerned about your purpose, you're gonna be more on your purpose in a state of joy than you are sitting and worrying in a state of fear, trying to figure it out. Stay in the joy and that's that's how we're going to lift the vibration of the planet and stay on whatever ascension path is going to be correct and exit this 3d matrix and and leave behind the lies it's not by being fearful at all spirituality or or otherwise Mm, yeah that's beautiful so 
Can we, uh, let's see, I, I kind of want to walk back a little bit to like bring everything together. So when you, when you were introduced to this outlook, you were working with quantum healers, hmm, correct? Yeah. Yes, kind of. Actually, I was listening to and following a teacher that was introducing a lot of these concepts to me and, and ended up at the end of that teaching, introducing the 4D and the 5D. And I was like, I, along the whole path and along the like learnings, I was like, all my, my eyes were opening. I was having these huge revelations. And then it got to that point and something inside me was like, something's not right. Something's not right here. And this part of it's not landing. And I feel like that's a, a way that a lot of things happen. Like there are seeds and threads of truth in a lot of different places mm -hmm. and paths that lead to untruthful, I don't know, end paths, but that's how that went. And I was like, something's not right about here. This, something doesn't feel right. So I went out searching for more. And, um, then I found she's actually, her name is Danny, but she, her spiritual name is Mariana. She is someone that I knew from the booty yoga community and has since started down this path of quantum healing and has initiated and started offering sessions. So I, I booked a few sessions with her and I was like, I, I don't know really what, but here I am and reading a lot of her information. She and a couple other quantum healers have just beautiful outpourings of information that they put out Instagram and also on blogs. But having those few sessions, she, she is able to see into your light body and in a quantum way. So more than just seeing an aura, she can see through the dimensions what's going on in your light body. And that has to do with yes, your energy, yes, your physicality, but also every other timeline, every other past life and every entombment that you entombment and gosh, like curse <laughs> everything that's impacting your energy body and your light body more than I've ever heard before. And it cleared up a lot of things like there's a lot of talk about like cycles of repetitive behavior and soul fragmentation. Mm -hmm. Both of those topics she had, there was one, do you mind if I share this one experience? Please. Okay. When I'm talking about entombments, cause it's kind of hard to, it's hard to visualize. If you can think about the quantum realm out in space, <laughs> she saw a fragment of myself, of my light body in an entombment and that can look like all different kinds of things that can show up as different characters cartoons boxes shapes a scene overplaying but she was seeing like me as a little girl and another little girl and like this father figure like I think it was like putting us in a box and slamming the box closed and that happens over and over and over for eternity until you go in and you clear that out and you break up the entombment and you release all the energy that's around it and that's what she was able to do in that instance, which released that part of me that was stuck and sealed in that entombment back to me, back to my light body. And it wouldn't have come back on its own, no matter how much heart chakra work I had done. It's, it's in that entombment. And that entombment because of that, like if you've got pieces of yourself in entombments and different, like an entombment is just one tiny example of different things in the quantum realm, but 
if I never got that piece of me back, that could be a, a, a piece that I'm like, I'm an, an element of my life that I'm working on that I cannot figure out. I cannot figure it out. And I go back to the cycle of behavior and I just cannot get out of it for whatever reason, no matter how many self-help books I read, et cetera, et cetera. And that's part of the getting out of the matrix as well, reclaiming all of those pieces that are often entombed in other realms, largely underneath the net of four and five D. And that's a lot of times where they're held. Mm -hmm. So sometimes when you travel out, especially if you're unprotected, those pieces of you can be taken. And I can't, I don't want that anymore. Mm -hmm. So Yeah. I answer your question. I don't remember what that question was. Yes, you did. You, I, I just wanted to hear more about what quantum healing is. Yeah. And, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's, it really see like you, you, you describe that naturally. And so basically a quantum healer, like you say, they can see all, all parts of you, all realms, and they can kind of navigate through that to clear anything that they need to clear any imbalances. Yeah. That that's been that's been my experience so far i am not a quantum healer and i'm not initiated so i can't i'm only speaking on what i've what i've received and what i've heard but yeah that's that's exactly it i think it's really important to say that like there are a lot of people who can see into the quantum realms but it's who i work with is aligned with the law of one and the christ sophia and is associated with that direct line of energy and and the true light and is able to like bounce off and reject anything that's false lighter and the other timelines that I'm not working with. Okay. So can we talk, I mean, as brief as you feel is right. Can we briefly talk about what the law of one and the, did you say the Christ Sophia? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not going to be an expert at these. This is what I'm learning a lot about mm -hmm. the law of one, something that I've picked up as, as an, an ask, but I'm not going to try to explain it because I'm not quite sure other than it's with the unity of the, of like your unification with God, with the Christ Sophia. And like when I'm saying the Christ Sophia, I mean, God as a whole, God being a triggering word for a lot of people. And I need to say again, it's not associated with anything, any specific religion at all whatsoever. Christ is a consciousness that has been used within Christianity. Christ Sophia, it's super hard. I'm still to this day, like trying to wrap my mind around it a lot because Sophia is the feminine aspect of God. We on earth and in the 3d we see things as like this or that black or white so it's hard to see like christ sophia and not imagine two separate things it's just one it's just god but there's mass there's like masculinity and femininity and that that also has nothing to do with gender i think that that needs to be stated as well it's nothing to do with gender or or a limitation of gender at all it's just the the opposites the opposites and the father or the Christ aspect is, is creation, or I'm sorry, is like the sun is, is essence and the feminine is creation and the earth and the, everything that blossoms, everything that grows, everything that's birthed, everything that gives birth. That's all, all Sophia and her creation. And she is nourished by 
the sun and nourished by the masculine energy and is and, and it's like this this like unity this creation aspect that is just one way one way to try to describe it but it's all about the the union coming into unity within yourself and with the it's called the hierogamic union and I, I'm not versed enough to speak on that I would encourage you if you're interested to look this up and, and learn more but it's connection and relationship with God, period. And I have a feeling like I, I feel like I need to justify it or explain it anymore. And I don't. I'm going to leave it at that. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's really good. I love that. So that brings me to my next question about, yeah, I was going to ask you if you do believe that there is a higher power or if God is there and that's a yes. And what, how, what do you think God's relationship to the negative alien agenda is? So, yes, I do believe there's a God, but I don't think that we're separate in any, in any way where I think the separateness is an illusion. So I want to make that clear. I don't believe that there's like, I wish there was a different word other than God that we could use because people automatically assume different or like they feel a lot of things, myself included. We're a part of it. We are not we, we are not able to be separate at all in any way. And we forget that. And the unity is remembering that and coming back into that. What do I think God's relationship is to the negative alien agenda? Probably not so down. <laughs> so a lot of this, I'm going to circle back to the conversation of consent and the hijacking of this planet. We still have the ability to do whatever we want to so if we're consenting to x y whatever no one's going to come and rip us out of that it's a universal it's a, it's a divine law free will and consent and we're consenting to a lot that we don't know that we're consenting to so what we're experiencing here is a co-creation on accident oops we did this but so, i mean a lot of people did it on purpose I say people as in humanity, but humanity didn't do it. A lot of humans were hijacked into creating a lot of different things. So as far, I don't think that God is like in relationship with the negative alien agenda, but I also don't think that there's, I guess a lot of people, I can see people being like, well, asking those questions, why can't this just be fixed? Why can't you just wipe blah, 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 and like go back to start? Why can't things be magically, whatever? I don't have an answer for that, but we're here on a journey and a mission to, I mean, a lot of us are here on a journey and a mission to stop what's going on and get the timeline back and get us to where we need to be. And is that not God in relationship to the negative alien agenda? Because I definitely think that it is. (laughs) Mm, Fuck yeah. (laughs) Love it. Mm. I think at this point, I mean, there's just, there's a lot, we can go to a lot of places from here. And I think that I I love that we can, Oh, I know what I was going to ask, but I I, I do want to say that I love that we can still end this on an empowering note. And I know that's what you, that's what you speak to Danae throughout everything that you say. There's you, you are looking towards and finding a lot of empowerment in yourself. And I like that we can kind of come back to that because it's a lot (laughs) our listeners go through a lot, especially in this, this podcast, just about all of these different (laughs) options and (laughs) things that we can experience. And 
it's a lot to take in. It's a lot of stuff to be like aware of. And uh, I think it's really, really nice to come back to the major themes of like, we are God. <laughs> we have, we have power here. We have the power here. Yeah. And at the end of the day, if you're going to doubt everything else, trust what you're feeling at a very soul deep level. If something feels a little off, trust it, validate it and look into it. And it still goes back to the idea of still validate all of the experiences that you're having that might seem like their experiences with the spirit world. Validate that shit, whether it be to celebrate it or to be wary of it. It should be validated. And yeah, yeah. And checked for sure. Mm. Validated and checked. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I love what you say. I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about this as I as I explain our as I introduce our episode to everybody, I'm gonna talk a lot about how it, our conversation has really changed how I I think how I'm going to interact with the spirit world and the conversations that I'm going to have. <laughs> and I think it's good for everyone to know. So that, that leads me to, I guess, one last question before we just talk about like some, maybe a few practical tips, if you have them on how, how people can kind of get more connected with these ideals that you have spoken about. But I do want to ask, what does, what does it feel like our end purpose is? not end purpose. What am I trying to say? Like, where, where are we trying to go towards? What is our, what, what do you believe our, our goal is in the 3D? I think that everyone's goal is so different. So I don't have a very clear answer for that other than some of humanity is, is unfortunately cycling through. So their goal is to stop that. And to be able to, to exit the matrix, to get out of it. And some of our goal is to help with that, help with that process and take, take this planet back and completely get rid of the 3D experience 100% and to get us out of here. <laughs> and that's a great thing. That's what comes to mind. I can't speak for what I think everyone's purpose is because they're so intertwined, but I, what is coming up for me is the topic of trying to spending a lot of time trying to find your purpose and that most of us will go through our whole life, not having a clue what our purpose is, but fully living it out, mm -hmm. fully living it out. So more than trying to figure out like, why am I here? And I need like one paragraph to understand it. And these are the three mm -hmm. things I'm supposed to do. It's, it's more about, your the vibration you carry the codes that you carry and what influence you have overall and I'd, I'd rather people spend time investigating that mm, cool cool I like that and what do you think happens when we get out of here like you say like what if we got if we got ourselves out of here where would we go I'm learning about the seventh dimension a little bit so let I mean maybe we can check back in about that I don't know anything to say about that yet to be decided, <laughs> but I do think that there's just a reunification of ourselves with the greater consciousness of God. Mm. And yeah, I don't think there's a specific place, but we'll see. I'm not fully formed on that yet. Cool. Yeah. I've been hearing rumblings about the angel realm. Mm -hmm. Eight, maybe that's the eighth dimension. Mm, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Maybe. Wait, what did, What dimension did you say? Did you say the eighth? This is the seventh, but, oh, but seventh. I'm like, this is not something I'm solid on yet. So yeah, i clearly, I'm not either, but I wanted to mention, I think I, maybe, maybe that was the sixth, the angel realm is the sixth dimension. I'm guessing it's beneath. Anyway, lots to check out, lots to look into. It's cool to think about, well, the 5d who knows, I mean, a lot of us know already that the 5d contains good things and bad things, but to know that there are dimensions past that, that, would look different that's very cool i mean i've heard someone say that like as far as ascended masters i've heard this said one time that their experience of jesus and yeshua whatever word you use um is that he's an ascended master from the 17th dimension so that's that threw me for a loop for a while <laughs> damn <laughs> the first time i'm hearing that ever <laughs> yeah yeah 17th Okay. There's more. We're yeah. not limited to four and five. <laughs> and that's really like, like so pure, like such a pure metaphor for like the whole experience of like God or what do you think about source? The word source, Danae? Oh, I think it's interchangeable. Okay. With what I was saying earlier. 100%. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. I wish that I would have used that word earlier, to be honest, because I would rather talk about source than God because it's less triggering. And to me, it means the exact same thing. Okay, cool. I like that. Yeah, I, I try to use all of the words and then it, it kind of does get exhausting. Yeah, or this or that. And mm-hmm. um, But I think God, in a way, God is has a purpose because although it's triggering, we haven't, hmm, it's kind of easy to relate. It's like, It's almost like the religion version of God is like an introduction to the idea. Like if we just say source out of context, it can be a little bit like, what's that, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a, okay. Yeah, it, it's loaded, loaded word, but interesting. Okay, what was I going to say now? Okay, so are you you did already mention a few practical tips? Would you just say like to to really find joy and be aware? Oh, I was gonna say the the seventeenth dimension. It's such a it's such a metaphor for like literally how expansive yeah. God is or sources, right? Like it's not you think it's expansive to a certain point. No, it's more expansive. Like you can't even. <laughs> think about it. You can't even imagine how expansive it is. It's just, it, it just is. Right? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I don't think we can comprehend it at all. Yeah. Can't at all, at all. Or what we even, what we're capable of here. We haven't even scratched the surface of that. Mm, that's beautiful. So practical okay. tips, yes. saying, practical tips for, for what specifically to, to, yeah, to like to to go through like for those who are really resonating with what you're saying here to to yeah, to to ascend to what we want to ascend to, <laughs> to to connect more and just be in the place we want to be, like to be in a good place, to work towards a good place, to not have our energy siphoned. You mentioned joy, you mentioned just just like doing what, what resonates. Is that kind of what the, the practical tips that you would give us? Yeah, totally. I mean, as much as you can do to not exist within fear. And if, if you can get to a point where you recognize like fear and shame and, and those fear, shame, guilt, anger, frustration, those things, which I'm not saying to push them aside, but if you can recognize that you are in them and have ways to get out of them definitely spend time out as much as you can spend your time outside of that, whatever that looks like for you. I have been trying to start a conversational relationship. Some people use the word prayer. Some people don't where I I, like spend some of my meditation time actually 
speaking mentally or not or or just actually with my mouth mm-hmm. trying to speak and and create a relationship that is conversational with source and open up a dialogue to experience things so that's been really and I'm super resistant to it and I know that that means that I need to put more time and energy into growing that so I've been doing that and honestly just asking for protection has been I mean know who you're asking don't just put it out there to anything because you will get anything but ask for protection from a source that you trust especially in your sleep and anytime you feel that any kind of energy around you you don't want to have around you, you have the power to expel it and to ask for protection. So call that in. What else is going to say something else? Get yourself to a grounded place where you are okay questioning at all times and being questioned. There is unfortunately created experience globally where people aren't allowed to ask questions of themselves or others now and it's I think that that's another thing that's been created intentionally so that we don't ask questions and we don't dig down and find the truth and you have to be of a certain sound mind and body to be able to handle the conflict of question especially if it's cognitive dissonance So if you can exist in that place, you're in a really good spot to be able to narrow things down. And I think that comes with experience. (laughs) Kindness, taking a breath, staying grounded in times of conflict and like really sitting with questions. Mm, That's cool. And then when we start to, when we start to ask those and just being curious, like curiosity is, I think that's very healing. Curiosity is so healing. That's so true. <laughs> yeah. It's really actually a, it's a concept that I didn't just think of myself organically. There's a man named Gay Hendrix that, that writes the book, The Big Leap, that talks about it that I really like. And I just, I, I had the same reaction. I was like, that's so fucking true. If, you, if we're neutral <laughs> and curious, instead of scared or shameful or like at all of, in the midst of, doing whatever if we're just curious and have like a at kind of a childlike approach to hey what's this we get so much more done like just with whatever whatever intention we have you know yeah yeah in the joy state too yes exactly exactly we don't we don't leave that to go through and yeah be frustrated or all of that that's super cool so okay i Usually in episodes this long, I don't ask this final question, but I really want to hear what your answer. I think it's going to, I just, I want to hear your answer to this question. I ask most of our podcast guests what you think the root of health is, what you think the baseline of health is. Sovereignty. Ooh. Yeah, for sure. Complete sovereignty over yourself Mm. to be able to make your own decisions and stand in the truth of who you are and what you believe no one or no nothing else from the outside source or from the outside coming in (laughs) yeah fuck yeah that's so cool I love it It it's really powerful okay so Danae how can we how can we find you communicate with you take your classes Mm -hmm. uh, connect with Kula I I have a personal Instagram it's just my name Danae Mather 
I'm really not on social media often these days, but if someone reaches out, I will respond in time. I would say, please come find me in person. I would much rather meet you face-to-face and um, find me at Kula. Come take classes and experience booty and chat about things. (laughs) Hell yeah, definitely. I will have all of that linked in the show notes. Danae, this was incredible, transformative, super educating, educational for us. And just thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being here uh, with me today and telling us just incredible things. Thank you so much, Emily. This is a treat and I'm honored. And thank you for holding this space for this kind of nerve wracking conversation. I very (laughs) appreciate it. (laughs) Thank you. I hope you loved this interview with Danae Mather, yoga teacher at Kula Yoga Studio in Grand Rapids. I have all of Danae's contact information linked in the show notes, and I also have Kula Yoga Studio's information linked in the show notes as well. So if you would like to take a class in person or experience virtual classes, which are amazing, I've tried them before. I've tried both before, both amazing, whether it is in person, whether it is virtual. If you would like to take any of these classes from afar, you can do that. If you would like to show up in person, you can do that or you can do both. Check out the show notes for more details on how to join. If you did love this podcast episode, subscribe to this podcast, leave a rating and review, share this podcast with your community. And if you'd like to book 30 minute or 60 minute readings with me, head to the link in my bio on Instagram at emilys.rootawakening to book a reading. And if you are interested in one-to-one coaching, message me on Instagram or Facebook. My name is mkosik, E-M-C-I-O-S-E-K on Facebook, Instagram at emilys.rootawakening. I am Emily Kosick, intuitive health coach and CEO of Root Awakening. Thanks so much for listening to this interview. Thank you for being open to all of this information. Thank you for being open to different viewpoints. We are so grateful for you. Your consciousness is going to help raise the collective consciousness of the earth. So thank you for being here. I love you all. See you on the next episode.